This is Jordan Alcazar from SC Cheer, and you're listening to Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer Podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin, where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 84. Not sure there's going to be an 85, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. And like I said last week, we are back on YouTube. Definitely be sure to join us there. Today we have on Jordan Alcazar, owner of SC Cheer, the gym taking the world by storm. We have a great conversation. We talk about his journey from coaching to directing to eventually owning his own gym with his wife, Nikki. But before we get into that, we're still doing our Instagram contest. I'm giving away a free coaches training. I have several topics that I talk about when I do coaches clinics, and you will get one of those for free. So hop on a Zoom call together, you and the coaches at your gym, and we will talk some cheerleading. If you're a parent, don't worry. You can still enter to win on behalf of your gym, as I know many of you guys are doing. All you have to do to win is post this podcast on your Instagram story and tag me in the post. That's it. Share the podcast on your IG story. Tag me at Jason Larkins and the winner will be announced in episode 85. That's next episode, people. The more shares, the more entries. Now, real quick, shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara. We still have myself, whoever that mysterious supporter is, and our newest supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside. We appreciate all of you guys. Like I said last week, and I'm going to say it again, we are now on YouTube, and that is because of our financial supporters. You guys truly allow to make that happen. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a guy who I've been down with for a minute. Happy to see all of his success over the years as a gym owner, but more importantly, as a husband and a father. Without further ado, my conversation with Jordan Alcazar. Jordan, my man, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's been a long time in the talks of getting me on here, and I'm glad we could find the time to sit down and talk some cheerleading. Dude, you're big time now, so let's, you know, trying to, trying to track no. you down, you know? No. Thank, Try thank to stay you humble for, over for, here. for blessing us. Yeah, man. Dude, we're going to talk all about it, man. Dude, I'm excited. You have a great story. I don't know the whole thing, but I've been intertwined with it at parts, so, you know, we'll talk about it, but, you know, it's a story that the, the world needs to hear, so I'm excited to talk about it, the recent success that you guys, well, you've had a long track record of success, but we're going to talk about it, but let's start at the beginning. How'd you get into cheer, man? All right, well, take me back to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm originally from California. My family relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was in the eighth grade, so I did eighth grade in high school out on the East Coast in Charlotte, North Carolina. My sister started cheerleading at a gym called Charlotte All-Stars. And just being in the gym, picking her up, a lot of my friends that went to school with me cheered at Charlotte All-Stars also. Um, In my senior year of high school, you know, I'm a football player. I have a scholarship to go play football and 
they're like, hey, one of the boys can't do this competition because he's on the wrestling team. Would you mind filling in? I'm like, there's no way, you know, there's no way I'm filling in on a cheerleading <laughs> team. Sounds fun. I love flipping around in the gym and hanging out, but no, you know, and through persuasion, I ended up doing it. They threw me in, taught me a back tuck in like 30 minutes. And that's back yep. spot in like 30 minutes. And, you know, the rest is history from there. Essentially, a girl got me into to cheerleading. That's what they do, man. <laughs> All right. So you're cheering Charlotte All-Stars. Dude, tell me about getting to Louisville. Why did you decide to go to Louisville? And then getting into coaching. All right, cool. Yeah. So like I said, I, I filled in for a couple competitions, Charlotte All-Stars, kind of got my feet wet. I, I love the sport. I loved everything about it. But I had committed to a D2 school outside of Charlotte to play football. Long story short, I injured myself and didn't really feel like I wanted to rehab my my back again. And so, you know, I, I took a semester off and kind of explored, went to a community college, Eastern Carolina University, where a lot of my friends from high school were going. And wasn't the right route, wasn't the right path for me. So I ended up back home where a lot of my friends were were cheerleading. So started heavily stunting, getting pretty good at it just for fun, recreational. And my friends were going to Louisville to try out. And so I'm like, I'll go with you. Let's go have a good time, whatever. At this time, I was on um, Carolina All-Stars level 16, mm -hmm. which is now level seven. And I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. We'll go hang out, have a good time. I'll watch you guys try out and just be there to support them. Long story short, James Speed came up to me and was like, are you trying out? I'm like, no, I'm not going to try out. You know, I'm just here supporting my friends. She's like, no, you're trying out. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm trying out. And so, you know, I, I tried out, I made the team, you know, I was, I was a decent stunner, nothing super special. But once I was surrounded by all those amazing athletes at Louisville, the passion really started to take off for me. And I really found this love for the sport. And yeah, just was in the gym every day, stunting, hustling, trying to make Matt. And it was, it was a great time. Louisville was an amazing school. I got to meet some amazing people that kind of allowed me this gateway into this amazing sport mm -hmm. to have different opportunities come up. And I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of those, but a lot of my story yeah. revolves around the, the connections and the relationships that I made through Louisville. No, yeah, for sure. It reminds me of, I got the same feeling at SFA. When I went to SFA, you know, especially back then when we were, you know, good and winning stuff, I met there's so many people who are connected through that program, because so many good, great cheerleaders go there. You meet so many people. When we go to competitions now, you know, we're saying what's up to everyone. And the kids are always like, coach, how do you know everyone? And yeah. I'm like, really, I never tell them this, but it's really because I went to SFA. You know, I went to SFA and we were just like one of those programs that people, you know, knew and want to be a part of. And a lot of people like knew who we were. And so you just meet people over the years. And, you know, I, I remember like seeing, saying what's up to Louisville all the time, like saying what's up to you guys and HPU and just having friends on both teams, you know, having a pretty good all-star program didn't hurt, you know, at the time. And I, I know what you're feeling talking about, you know, yeah, those yeah. connections you made at Louisville, but, but going to Louisville would have been next level. Cause SFA was like here, but going to Louisville, that would have been next level, next level. All right. It was fun. So talk to me about how you get into coaching. Yeah. So I coached a little bit before I left for Louisville, you know, spotting back handsprings and tucks and things like that, just not really knowing what I was doing, but just trying to involve myself in the sport. And then after Louisville, I was only there two seasons, wasn't on scholarship or anything. So it was getting pretty pricey. And I decided that it was time for me to make the next move, which was coaching. And 
Michael May, who was a Louisville alumni and SFA alumni, he reached out to me and was like, I have a job opening in Costa Mesa, California, where I'm from, have a lot of family there. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So, you know, I got on a plane, picked up everything, moved to Costa Mesa and started coaching at Stealth All-Stars. There we go. I did not realize that was your first time coaching. Like, I remember when you guys were there because you guys were on the open team and, you know, I did not realize that was your first time. There you go. Good stuff, man. I had done some, you know, I did some camps through uh, Charlotte All-Stars, Cheer Sport, Mm -hmm. you know, just learning some basics and, you know, how to coach essentially. So that was kind of the start. But yeah, my first time coaching teams was once I got to Stealth. Yeah. So what was the point that made you go, you know what, I think I'm a career coach. Like, I think I'm going to do this for, you know, the foreseeable future. You know, it was just a jump of faith, honestly. I didn't, I honestly didn't see myself as this was going to be the end goal, right, of being a coach, then a director. Now I'm a gym owner. That originally wasn't the plan. It wasn't until I met my wife, Nicolette, at Stell. She was already working there when I got there, you know, her passion for the sport kind of really threw me into it and allowed me to be like, all right, we're really good at this. Let's keep developing and kind of seeing where it goes. Yeah, dude, good stuff, man. All right. So you already talked about it, went from a coach, director, owner. So you come over to PCM, we're coaching, that's what we meet, coaching together. But tell yeah. me about the transition. Then you go off to Gym Time, Illinois. So tell me about the transition, like the big transition. Just Well, just tell me about Gym Time Illinois in general, that whole transition and what it was like out there. Yeah, Gym Time was amazing. The transition, it was tough because we were thrown into a situation that some people may know about, but it was a lot of stuff in the back end that was just totally messed up. And uh, Nikki and myself had to really revamp everything. When we got there and we sat down on the coaches, we were like, we're going to change a lot of things. We're going to change the way we coach the teams. We're going to change the way we run practices. And, you know, a lot of the coaches weren't on board. We lost almost 75% of the coaches when we got there because they weren't able to assimilate to what we, what we were trying to create, which was a blessing in disguise. You know, at, at the time we were a panic, but, you know, champions figure it out and we pushed through the environment in Chicago and the surrounding areas. Those kids are so, gritty they come from a Mm -hmm. lot of them come from backgrounds you know poverty and don't have a lot and it was amazing get getting to see those kids in the gym every day and just see how hard that they worked like this was the only thing in their life that they had to look forward to this was the only positive outlet in their life and being able to be there with those kids and mold them and grow them into eventually world champion, summit champion athletes. It taught us a lot about not only how we want to coach and the type of athlete we want to coach, but it also helped us become better parents in the process because those Chicago parents, they don't play, man. They're hard on their kids. They (laughs) expect a lot out of their kids. And even if you don't have a lot, you're going to give everything you have to whatever you're doing. And it it was a really great experience for us. We were only there two seasons and we Grew the program from, I think they were at like 65 athletes. And then by the time we left, they were over 200. So it was a great experience. And, you know, we just, our best friend, Wes Haley, who owns the gym, you know, I owe him a lot for giving us that opportunity to come there and, you know, 
trust us with his program. And, you know, I, I owe a lot to him. Dude, so you mentioned this. So I want to go back to this real quick. But a lot of people who listen to the podcast, you know, they'll, they'll write me or say something. They'll say something like, I'm just glad I'm not the only one going through this experience, right? And, you know, I'm so, I'm so glad that you're dealing with the same issues that I'm dealing with. That's why I like listening to the podcast. And so you mentioned something, something I went through. So any coaches or, you know, directors, owners, this is something that we've all had to deal with. Jordan just explained it. When I first moved over to American, we lost our entire staff. We lost everyone. We had one girl, one singular that stayed over from when Ashley and I came over. And I remember the athletic director had warned me about it. He said, you know, when you go, my athletic director at a CBU, He's like, you know, when you go over to your new job, you know, prepare to lose your entire staff. He's like, I lost my entire staff. Like, these are all new coaches here. You're probably going to lose 80 to 90% of, you know, the staff that comes over. And we lost from May to September, August, something like that. We lost nine people. We had one girl who decided to stay. Yeah, It was hard. It really was hard because people don't like change and they, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to try something new and this isn't for me. And, you know, people were really excited for us to come over. Until we actually came over and started making changes and all those things. But I mean, we did that about the same. I think you guys went to gym time the year after we started at American. Yep. I remember being in that boat. It was just like a tough situation of just, you know, families are excited, but then some families aren't excited because you're changing things and we're the ones that drove off their coaches and all those things. Yeah. But you guys made it happen. Summit champions, world champions. Jordan, I think you owe me a ring, man. I think you owe me a ring. <laughs> like, uh, I've been waiting I, I, in the mail for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jason is referring to, I have fever, me and my wife, Nikki coach fever 2019. And we are day two, we're sitting at the baseball field, wet, ready to walk into warmups. And I see Jason walking. I'm like, Jason, me and my wife are just like nervous as all get out, right? I'm like, Jason, you need to come and, you know, give my team just a speech. You know, he's a great speaker. So I was like, talk my kids through this, help them find the, whatever it is to get through the two minutes and 30 seconds, right? So Jason comes, he's all confident and gives them this amazing speech <laughs> and pumps them up and gets them in the right mindset because, you know, those nerves, they're contagious. So you can feel them when your coaches are nervous, the athletes can feel that, right? So bringing <laughs> Jason over really just kind of calmed it over, gave them a, a clear head and it shook the nerves and they walked out day two and got it done and you know hey, i got let's you and go. i got you dog i got you world, world champs baby <laughs> world champs i still got that shirt though that uh that coach wooden in the bandana i was like that's a sick shirt i need that let me get one of them you'll get one one day bro all right jordan i appreciate you man appreciate the kind words yeah you know it was really cool what i actually really enjoyed about that season was that um about that win is nikki had reached out to me right after nca I think you guys had lost the diamonds, like twist and shout. And Nikki yep. had like texted me. It was like, Jason, I'm sick of losing these guys. <laughs> I don't think she said that exactly. But I was like, yo, <laughs> could you, you look at this video? Meant. Just tell me what you see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel it too. Like I've reached out to people like, yo, I ain't losing these guys anymore. Like I need some, I need yeah. someone else to help me see what they see. Cause this ain't happening anymore. So I remember like writing a page of notes and like, Hey, yeah, here's, here's what I see. I remember doing that video review for you guys and and I remember like we we're on a group chat. I sent the video review over to you guys 
And then like the next day or two days after that, I get like another text message. Like that was the cleanest routine I've seen them hit all season long was like this one at practice. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I had like a vested interest in you guys. I was like, hey, yo, like fever, all my team, let's go win this thing. So that was, it was really cool to go out there to like watch you guys. One, to watch them go out there and nail that thing. And then to watch you guys, you know, win your first world championship. You know what I mean? Like that was like, that was really cool. Not that you really owe me a ring, but it was really cool to watch. You know, it's it's fun to see your friends succeed in the industry. You know what I mean? Like that was really cool, especially knowing where we came from, at least at PCM, when we were, you know, just some coaches at PCM, just trying to be the best coaches that we could be to see you guys go off, do your own thing. And then the ultimate, as far as not status, but as far as like a trophy is concerned, right? A world championship, you're rewarded with that. So what's like the biggest thing that you learned while at gym time about being a director and managing people? Being at gym time and having the, the major responsibility of revamping everything and running it in our vision really just allowed us to make mistakes, learn from our mistakes and find the formula that will would eventually kind of lead us to where we are now. Um, mm-hmm. We had a lot of staff that came on board after that were really receptive and, you know, assimilated to what we were trying to do and everyone was on board and, you know, all hands on deck kind of atmosphere. You know, a lot of gyms are like, these are my teams and these are your teams, but Mm -hmm. We really feel that it's important that all the coaches, no matter if you're a level one, two coach or three, four, you have a say in all of the teams because that feedback is so invaluable. And when you give your coaches that sense of voice, they, they want to work Mm -hmm. for you. They, they want to, to put out good routines and they will bend over backwards for you when you allow them the opportunity to come over and be like, Hey, can I tell Fever something really quick? And you're like, yeah, you know, give them, mm-hmm. tell them whatever you want. It, it just, it just allows it to feel more like a family environment than my teams and your teams. And I feel like that's kind of how it was at PCM when we were, when we were there together. It was like everyone wanted to be on a Nikki and Jordan team or a Jason and Ashley team. And it kind of, it was a blessing and a curse because it kind of pinned us against each other because we're trying to be the best, but it also mm-hmm. made us into the coaches we are today because we we wanted to be the best and we we pushed those routines mm-hmm. we kind of pushed each other in a way but i i learned that's not the healthiest working environment to have those those teams and those coaches kind of battling out for the the higher status or who's the best coach you know it's yeah. it's all of our teams it's 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 gym time it's yeah. south coast cheer it's american it's not nikki and jordan it's not jason and ashley yeah for sure. No, and I tell people this, and I tell this to our staff often, as much as it was flattering for, you know, me and Ashley to hear those types of things, it wasn't, I knew exactly what you said. It wasn't the most conducive for a work relationship. And it wasn't what yeah. was best for the program. I never want our program at American to get to a point where, oh, I only want to be on a Jason Ashley team or a Nikki Jordan team. Like we want it. Right. I wanted it like from day one, that from top to bottom, whether you're on Tiny Twinkles or whatever our highest level team is, that from top to bottom, everyone is go- going to be a great team. Now, some teams have you know better years than other, than other years, and, and that's going to happen from time to time. So you're back in Cali, man. So tell me, I'm not sure how much you want to tell me, but tell me about coming <laughs> back to Cali, man. <laughs> well, not oh, man. me, everybody else, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, life throws you curveballs, man. You 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 have a plan and you're going to execute that plan and then something happens and you got to got to be fast to pivot. Uh our motto has been champions figure it out and we live by that and I I think I heard that first from either you or Ashley to be honest. And no, don't worry. It was on, it was on the list. I was going to ask where you <laughs> I was going to ask if there's anyone you looked up to who gave you that that inspired champions figure it out. We can ask that later though. You keep going. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll ask that later. But um, yeah. Long, uh, so we don't really need to get into it. It's a long story. But we were we're planning we were planning yeah. to bring gym time to California and open up gym time OC and things happened and it ended up not working out and so we had a pivot. So we uh, reached out to Kelly Elliott and. We ended up coming back as PCM Irvine and started yep. started owning and running PCM Irvine. And that didn't work out. So we, we switched it up and, you know, started <laughs> our own thing, which now is uh, SE South Coast Cheer. There we go. Good stuff, man. It's like, I don't yeah. even know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, yeah, we don't, no, we don't I feel you, man. It. We only have about an hour, so... I don't want to bore you guys yeah, with, the, for sure. with the drama, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and I'm just so blessed that uh, me and my wife were able to, you know, pivot in the those moments and not break because it's so easy to want to just throw your yeah. hands up and be like, you know, I'm over it. It's not worth it. But you have these these kids that are looking up to you and you provide them such a invaluable service. And, you know, it's yeah. it's important for us to it was important for us to pivot and make sure that we did everything we can to give these athletes a home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So tell me about the biggest difference, the transition now going from gym directors to actually owning the gym. A lot more responsibility. You know, now you're responsible for the payroll and the taxes and the, the, the money in the back end and making sure you keep the lights on and making sure the classes are full and, doing whatever you can to essentially make a profit in Southern California. It's super mm-hmm. expensive to, to rent out these lease these warehouses. So you got to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success. So I think it's just the, the biggest transition, you know, we were kind of like the owners, I guess, at gym time, Illinois, without being owners. Cause we, we were hands-on and did mostly everything except handled like the money and stuff. But the biggest transition, I think, is just, you know, making sure that we are focused and business savvy and making sure that we are we're making enough money to to keep the lights on and and give these athletes Mm -hmm. a place to train. I think that's the the biggest, you know, we stick to the we stick to the script. We stick to the formula that is has allowed us to be successful. But Mm -hmm. there's that other component on it. What is that formula? I ain't telling you, dog. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I'll, 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 <laughs> I think the biggest thing, and this is for all the coaches and directors and owners listening, is set yourself up for success at tryouts when you're placing your teams. If yep. you can do that, that is, I feel like that's 75% of the battle. You know, if you could set these teams mm-hmm. up to be successful before they even start to practice, obviously there's variables where some athletes won't be happy with placement and they'll they'll decide to leave or 
do whatever. But if you set your teams up for success at tryouts, that's 75% of the battle. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And it's, and that's, you know, that's the hard part. What you, what I really admire about your program, what you guys have done is when we were at PCM, it was very easy for me to put kids exactly where I wanted them and go, well, they quit, they quit. It is what it is. Um, it has gotten harder being in the director role to do that as much. Like this year, I completely took myself out of the tryout. I didn't place teams at all. I went in a different room and I let the, I let the young hungry coaches who still had that dog in them. I'm like, y'all place the team. Cause I know y'all going to place teams the way they need to be. I'm too much as a softy now. So, yeah. but yeah, but that's like the hard part. What you guys have done a great job is as the owners, Cause again, it's different when you're, when you're coaching. Cause you know, that kid does not have a tuck. She's not going on, you know, the level three or level four or whatever. She's going on this team. Um, it's different when, when you know that the athlete pays tuition, you gotta keep the lights on, but you guys have, st- I, I can see it. You guys have stuck to your guns and said, Hey, you know, this is the type of team we're going to, you know, we're going to have competitive teams. This is what we're going to do. And this athlete might not, I can, t- I can tell that the teams are very well placed at tryouts. Right. And that makes everything immensely easier when you have the right kids on the right teams having the right kids on the right team there, there's it's if you don't do that you're it's a uphill battle the entire time so you guys have done tremendous job at thank that. you and shout out to all the parents you know for trusting and believing in us because you know we we do tend to hold not hold them back but place them down down a little bit you know and you could easily go to another program in our area and make whatever team you wanted, you know? So Mm -hmm. shout out to the parents for trusting and believing in us and allowing us to have an impact on your kid's life. And I got to reiterate this. I don't know if parents, athletes, or coaches really understand this. It makes such a huge difference when athletes are placed correctly, when they are placed correctly Right. When, when they can, when there's not a skill they have to worry about. I cheered with uh, John Cronin back in the day, like long time ago. Right. And I remember just thinking like, and for those who don't know, John Cronin, Im- immensely gifted tumbler, just gifted, just one of the best tumblers in the world. Yep. And I just remember thinking there's not a pass on this. There's not a pass he has to ever worry about in this routine. Like most kids, you know, throughout the routine, you're kind of like, well, all right, here we go. Like, I'm confident I'm going to land, but I don't know if I'm going to land. You know what I mean? Like, let's go, right? right? And I just remember thinking, like, competing for John must be a luxury. You know what I mean? Like, he's just so above the skill. Like, he was just so good that there was nothing he ever had to worry about, or at least from my perspective, in a routine, right? Compared to me, where I'm like, yo, all right, guys, I'll let your boy, right? (laughs) Hey, y'all got to be yelling for me. So, um, yeah. You know, just to go through the routine stress-free. And, you know, that, you know, practices get not, – not that the practices get easier, but you get to focus your time on other things that allow you to separate from other teams in your division. So yeah. we competed – so we had our showcase on Halloween, day before Halloween, so October 30th. We competed on November 6th. And that is because of you, Jordan. It's 100% because of you. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. We went to American Grand, which is earlier than we we typically compete first weekend in December is usually our first competition. And it's here in Bakersfield. It's low key, nothing too crazy. It's just us. And then we, you know, get into our real competition season in January. I was like, well, we're not going to go 
because Masterpiece got rid of the paid bids like last year, I think they only had one paid bid last year. Well, we're like, well, let's go to Grand instead. And, you know, they got four paid bids. We give ourselves a shot at one of those paid bids. You know, let's go. And I remember you guys looked ready. You guys looked ready, ready at Grand. And I was like, oh, they're good. They're, they're good. Like they, and Thank I remember you. seeing you guys compete. I can't remember when you guys had started competing, but I remember you guys, it was like your third competition by then, second or third competition. And I just remember yeah. that you guys looked ready at that point. And at that moment, I was like, Ash, we're starting our season earlier. We're getting choreography earlier. We're doing the showcase earlier. We're doing everything earlier because SC is ready. Like they aren't playing right now. They are ready for some cheerleading. And that U3 team, man, <laughs> I, I had to go back to the drawing board. Guys, yeah. I had to go back to the drawing board on that one. They were, shout out to that U3 team. What was their name? Was that Crush? They were divine. divine. Oh, yeah, it was divine. <laughs> divine. You're Check wild, man. So. Yeah, check the time, man. I was like, oh, these guys are good. These guys are good. Yeah, we went back to the drawing board on that one. I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> y'all get ready to work because that ain't happening again. So uh, you inspired our uh, U3. You made me uh, turn it up a level with our U3. Made us turn it up a level with the whole program. So um, Thank you. Insane. You know, you know, shout out a, to you guys. You know, it's good. It's tough out here on the West Coast. You know, there's a lot of great programs. And to try to, you know, be our best, we we gotta start earlier. And to get on my choreographer's list, we had to start earlier. So shout out to Wes Haley for mm-hmm. giving us choreography super early. Yeah. Yeah. So No, it's great. It's great to have a great, you know, as much as people don't wanna compete, you know, you gotta compete if you're gonna be good. Like if you wanna be your your very best, not to say that you're gonna win competitions but if you want to be at your personal best you have to compete against you have to have competition right because your competition is what you know actually pushes you you know we we're competing late you know we're getting choreography late competing late we're not as prepared to those first couple competitions but again when i went to grand last year and we only compete against you guys in that one division but it was just and it wasn't really just divine it was me watching your program like from top to bottom and just being like the they are ready it wasn't just a Nikki Jordan team that was ready. Like SC yeah. cheer was ready, you know? So, Thank um, you. yeah. And yeah. Shout out to uh, my wife, Nikki little. She, she don't play. She makes sure that, you know, when we step on that stage, the teams are, are, are ready to compete the skills that are in the routine. And like you said, it, it goes back to placing teams and making sure that these kids are throwing skills that there are easily thrown for them so that they walk on that stage feeling confident that they can be their best. So yeah. yeah Thanks Jason. Sure. That means a lot coming from you. Yeah, of course, man. All right. So back to back world champs, let's go. All right. Crazy. So tell me about it. Tell me about the first one. Tell me about the, give me a story from, you know, the first year or the second year winning with a uh, SC. Yeah. So we'll start with the first year. You know, we, every competition we go to, we, the focus is never on winning. Believe it or not, our teams do not go to these competitions focused on winning first place. And you said it just like we tell our kids, you know, we're focused on being our best. And sometimes your best is not the best and you have to be okay with that. And so going into Worlds first year with Fearless, we were just focused on putting out super clean, easy to watch, high energy cheerleading. And after day one, I think we were, we were in third place. We were 
I think we were in third after day one and we were so excited. Like when they called out those names, the girls acted as if they had already won. You know what I mean? It was so, they were so ecstatic because again, the focus isn't on winning. It's just going out and being your best. And then day two, they put on an even better performance, a lot cleaner, a lot hard hitting. All the little details were intact. And I guess the judges thought it was enough. And we ended up you know, yeah. we ended up the, the world champion. So we were super excited. We had a lot of great competition. So shout out to everyone that we competed against. But it was a really cool, cool moment for us to be able to go from gym time and winning with like some of the best athletes I've ever coached. I mean, mm-hmm. shout out to Shard, Demarcus, Josh, all these these three amazing athletes are now at Trinity Valley. And they're like sons and daughters to me and Nikki. And being able to come here and, and replicate that was really, really awesome. And, you know, it was it was validating. It was we our first mm-hmm. year when we came back to California, we started with 35, 40 athletes. So to be able to do yeah. that year one and then year two win worlds was was super amazing. So it was great. It was everything that you could thought it could be. The kids were ecstatic. They worked their butts off. And yeah, it was it was crazy. And then year two, we came back hungry. You know, the... Well, real quick, before you before you hop into year two... Okay. Before you hop into year two, let me ask you this. Because you guys year, you guys win year one, and then cheer Twitter starts talking, right? And, oh, oh I don't man. know. I feel I should have won, right? So how'd you guys deal with, you know, cheer... And you know what's funny? I remember I hadn't watched either routine. Like after when you guys had won, right? You guys win. Yeah. I didn't watch either routine, but I see people talking on Twitter. Knowing you and knowing who was it, Vixens, knowing Callie in general, I was like, well, SC probably went out there and they're probably the, they probably didn't move. You know, not a kid took a wrong step anywhere. Right. And that score sheet so weighted towards execution. I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised at all. Now, again, I haven't watched either one of the routines, but just knowing, you know, the two programs and what, SC is really strong at, particularly Nikki and Jordan. Like those kids didn't move. Like they didn't have yeah. a misstep anywhere. Their execution was was you know through the roof. But anyway, but you know, but Cheer Twitter's talking. So how'd you guys deal with you know Cheer Twitter and just the naysayers? Yeah, it was really hard actually because kids these days are on Twitter. You know, there's as much as we try to tell them, you know, delete Twitter from your phone. Nothing on that is going to help and motivate you to be better or be your best. It was it was a it was a tough time and it was really cool to help navigate these athletes through all of that negativity and you know behind the scenes use that to motivate them to work harder, be better and you know just be able to you know dust it off. It it was it was tough for a little bit, especially those first few months when Twitter was going in on us. It was it it was tough for those kids, and you could you could kind of feel it. You could see it in the gym, and at a point we just had to sit them down and be like, "Listen, this is get off of Twitter. Don't open Twitter. Don't mess with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Don't respond to Twitter." And we're gonna focus and <laughs> and use this to just come back even even harder and even more hungry for for this year. So it was it's tough as much as you tell these athletes that turn their phones off it's always in their hands so yeah they you know you can't help it you know what i mean like you just can't help it but shout out to them for being able to overcome that immense negativity that was shown to them and come back last year with an undefeated season just proved to everybody why they deserved it yeah so did you use that as a was that like a chip on the shoulder like the whole season going into this last season we didn't use it with the athletes. No, we, we didn't. There was like one time where we would sit them down and we sat them down and, and talked to them about it. And after that, 
there was really no talks about it until you know, someone would post something insane like we eat dead people or something like I don't know. The craziest things were said on Twitter, Jason. It was it was insane. <laughs> and we would laugh about it for a little bit and we would like brush it off and just make fun of it because of the crazy things they were saying. But you know, I think behind the scenes I use that as a coach. I used it to, you know, fuel me for them because I know how hard they work. I know the work they put in. I know they deserved it. And for them, Twitter, these people, Anons hiding behind these, you know, handles are telling me that my kids didn't deserve it. It was it was definitely a I used it more than I think my athletes did. I use it to mm-hmm. push yeah. them and to to guide them to a great season last year. Yep. No, I feel you, man. Good stuff. All right. So you guys are the back-to-back world champs. Well, you talked about champions figure it out. You talk to me about it. What's it mean? What's it mean to you for real? Yeah, for real. So the origins, I honestly don't remember. I coached fantasy with Ashley at PCM for one season, and she would yell the craziest things. But one of the things that I remember, (laughs) still still does, she said that just kind of stuck with me was champions figure it out. And I'm like, you know what, you are absolutely right. And it could be you, it could be Ashley, it's it's been a long time, but it's been this model that I've kind of, I've kind of used in not only my life, but obviously, in my gym, when I got to gym time, it was champions figure it out It's hashtag CFIO. And just when these athletes aren't feeling their best, or they've had a bad day, and they come into the gym, or their boyfriend just broke up with them, or Whatever the situation may be, you know, at the end of the day, we have a goal in mind and we got to brush that all off to the side and we're going to be champions because we know how to figure it out. And it, it comes down to stunts when stunts wobble or we have a bad grip and the flyer wants to bend their leg. We have to figure it out. We have to make those quick decisions so that the show goes on and it doesn't skip a beat. So it's, you know, it's it's a motto that we live by in our gym gym time Illinois and here we still both use it and it's just something that we can look back on and be like we point to the wall because it's in big letters on our wall in our gym mm-hmm. CFIL we're like we have to figure it out so it's it's a good little motto and it just reminds the athletes that not everything's going to be perfect most of the time it's not going to be but at the end of the day it's our job as these amazing athletes who put hours and hours and hours into the sport to figure it out when it matters most. Yeah, for sure. Dude, and you just mentioned, because those are good times. I remember you were coaching with Ashley. You guys were coaching fantasy. And you, it was like Saturday, Sundays, you know? And I'd yep. come into the gym. And we just had a good, it was some good times at PCM. Like, you know, before everyone went big time, it really was a lot of fun. I mean, we had some great coaches there. I mean, we really did. Yeah, so shout out to, I mean, shout out to the whole crew that was there. Edwin. Yeah. You know, Coach Melissa, Josh, he's with us now. But I mean, we really had some like really good, some good times. Yeah. Shelly and Danny, not sure if I mentioned them. Yeah. Allie Stuckey, she was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Allie. Shout out to Allie. Let's go. I haven't seen her in a minute. She was at our showcase the other week and I got to see her. She's, She's amazing. Good stuff. All right. So we talked about kind of being, you know, you get that, you know, champions figure it out. You hear Ashley say it. But now for real, what are some other, we're some and Jordan, don't say me. I already know you. You're gonna be like you, because you're you're like the king of like I'm gonna flatter this guy. Don't say it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What so, you gonna ask? Give me some uh, some coaches or some routines like that really like inspired you over the years, like for real, for real. Coaches or routines that inspired me. 
or like my programs wife. or just anything. You're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. There we go. It's a good one. My wife, Nikki, she is the absolute best coach in the world. She just knows how to get these athletes to respond and to be their best. And it's, I'm so blessed to be able to work alongside her. And not only is she the best coach, she's the best mom. She's the best business owner. She is, she's literally just superwoman. So shout out to my wife. She's great. Let's see. It hurts me to say this, but Jay Money back in the day, Pally, Vegas, you know, we were, we were junior three fearless and they were Jay Money. And I think competing against Christy, she's amazing, was was awesome. She pushed us to be our best and to better ourselves and our craft. So shout out to Christy at Cali Vegas. Let's see, who else? My homie Shay, Shay Myers. He's a coach, fever coach, Gym Time Illinois. Great guy. Learned a lot from him. He's a not only a great cheerleading coach, an amazing tumbling coach. So shout out to Shay. Love him to death. And then lastly, Wes Haley, choreographer, owner of Gym Time Illinois. He is the, you know, he's the bread and butter to what we do here. He's the glue. He puts everything together. His choreography is amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids respond really well to him. So, you know, those are a few coaches, owners, choreographers, and that J Money routine from back in the day really got me to step up my game. Yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so we talked about kind of like the secret. Hey, so what's the secret? And you, you know, let us know. Well, you got to place your teams correctly. So not talking about placing your teams correctly, but give me something else that what are most gyms, what do you see that most gyms are getting wrong when you look at either routine or you go to a gym or what are most gyms getting wrong? What are they missing? That it's okay to do easier skills. Like you don't have to do the hardest skills in your division to be the best in your division. If your athletes can't execute those Mm -hmm. skills without minimizing movement or no movement, it's going to affect your score. So find a skill that may be a little little easier that still hits the score sheet. And I think that's what we do really well here. We, We find what works best for our athletes and we don't get this like one skill stuck in our head to be like, that's going in our routine. If it doesn't work, mm-hmm. we dish it and we we figure out, we have plan A, plan B, plan C, and we figure out the best way to set our teams up for success. Same thing with tumbling. Don't put the hardest tumbling skills in. Hit there the score go. sheet, make it look clean, and just get them points. There you go. You heard it from the man himself. All right. Now, what do you want to be better at as a coach? What do you like? What's the area that you're like, you know, this is the area I need to get better at. I want to get stronger at right now in the near future. What do I want to be better at as a coach? Yeah. I would honestly like to do choreography better. I dabble here and there with our little tiny prep teams, but I think being having that eye for choreography is something that I would like to keep pushing, but I love tumbling. It's like my my specialty. I feel like stunting and tumbling are are something that are really what I'm really passionate about, but yeah, I think choreography just being able to put together nice seamless routines and Working with Wes and seeing how he works has really helped me be able to, you know, make changes when an athlete gets hurt and still keeping the routine seamless. Because he, he, dude, at gym time, he used to yell at me. I would, a kid would get hurt. I would have to move them and then I would screw his transition up and he would come back from doing choreography. He'd be like, you messed my routine mm-hmm. up. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And so being able to have that, <laughs> being able to have that now, it kind of helps keep the routine seamless when things don't go the way you want them to. 
Yeah, for sure. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So you brought up Nikki a couple of times. Shout out to Nikki. Shout we out. We brought up Nikki a couple of times. Um, you guys work hand to hand, you know, yin and yang. Tell me about that dynamic of, you know, working with your wife every single day, going home, you know, just living life together, like never having, not that, not that you never have time apart, but just tell me about working with her in the gym every day. How's that dynamic? Like who does what? What's the separation like? Yeah, so Nikki does everything. <laughs> Honestly, she is the the brains to the operation. <laughs> she she's the the businesswoman in in the office. She gets here every day, probably around eleven o'clock, and she doesn't leave until nine thirty. So she's not only the brains of the operation in the business, but she is hands on as a coach. So she does a she does most of the back end. I obviously help her on the things that she needs to help. I do a lot of the the finances and things like that. And she does pretty much everything else. And then in the gym, you we're, we're coaching, we're hands-on. I do 90% of, we do team tumbling. I don't think a lot of gyms do that, but we tumble with each team for an hour before or after their practices, which is great. And if gyms don't do it, I suggest doing it because it forces your athletes to get essentially a class in when they don't want to. Some You force these athletes to, be in an environment with their peers on their team. So it pushes them and it motivates them to want to get new skills. And, and it, it you have that time to, once the, let's say level four skills in your routine are solidified and pretty, we now can start taking the time in our team tumbling and start pushing these athletes towards level five tumblers. So it's a, it, it's great. So yeah, we working with your wife, living with her, parenting with her. It's, it's obviously, it has its struggles, but I'm, I wouldn't have it any other way. The most important part is just finding time to have family time. That's the hardest part, especially now when we're, we have Saturday practices and Sunday practices and we're, we're getting ready for competition. It gets hard, but it's a blessing to be able to be with your wife and work with her. It's obviously a learned skill. You have to learn on how the dynamic works and when and where to step in and, and back off. But I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it honestly, it works for us. And I feel we're happy and we're successful because we trust and, and love each other and know that what we say is going to work. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And shout out to my wife who is, you know, you know, it's so funny. Like when you're saying Nikki's the best coach in the world, I honestly feel like that yeah. with Ashley. I'm like, dude, Ashley's the best coach in the world. Like, I'm just like, dude, she's, she really is. Like I look, I'm like, dude, she's amazing. She's like really, really yeah. good coach. And I'm just always amazed at like how good of a coach she is. And, you know, yeah, and just everything. Yeah, you know I mean, like I remember and, and there's other people and I'm like, dude, you've got to get Ashley on board with this. And I'm not saying that because I'm her husband. She's just immensely talented. Like you just don't understand how good she is. So I, I like hearing that you feel the same way about Nikki, you know, so. um, Yeah. Yo, so I wasn't going to ask this, but let's ask that. I've been asking all my other guests. Have you guys wait? Have you guys competed yet this season? No, we compete on Saturday. We compete at a local jams event. Um, it's just a one day just to get on the floor before we uh, head to American Grand. Okay, word. So without being on this floor yet or without being judged yet, how do you feel about the uh, score sheet? What are your thoughts on it so far? I know you haven't been on the floor, but what are your thoughts on it Like you know, heading into the season? Honestly... I, I don't mind the score sheet. We've adapted and, you know, it's counting the numbers and make sure everything is in ranges is was hard at first, but I, I like it. it. It sets 
you up to know what you're going to score. And again, you don't have to go out and do the, the hardest thing possible. You can go out there and put out super clean cheerleading and these skills are have these athletes execute these skills on the score sheet. It has made, um, I, I guess the transition has been pretty easy for us. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. So you're going to, well, yo, spill the tea, Jordan. Where are we going to see you guys at this year? Uh, are you going to Grand? Not No, <laughs> man, I ain't going to Grand ever again. Thanks to you. <laughs> We're going to Bakersfield. <laughs> We're bringing all oh, of, we're bringing all of yeah, our, we're bringing we'll all of our teams to Bakersfield. We'll so we'll see you in your your home stomping grounds. And then let's see. Yeah, man, let's go. Are you going to jams in in Vegas Nationals? Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be. Oh, yeah, we're bringing the whole program. We haven't brought the whole program there in years, so the whole program's going to be there for the first time forever. I think we're bringing everyone except our tiny team. So we'll we'll see you there, USA. No USA. We're not USA. You know. You know, you don't you don't do spirit sports, and we don't do USA. You know, it's like our yeah, <laughs> no spirit sports for us. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. That's so funny. I love that. I love it. It just it cracks me up. Okay, yeah. anywhere else? And then you guys are bringing a couple teams to Dallas this year, or no? I think we're bringing six teams to Dallas. That's the most we've ever brought. So we're excited about that. And yeah. Majors. But there we go. I'm not going to majors, but we have majors filming tonight, which is super excited, exciting for our kids. It's a it's a fun time. Wait, you're not going to majors, but you have majors filming? No, no, we are going to majors. Oh, gotcha. Is that the same time as GSSA or is it a different weekend now? It's a weekend after. It's the nineteenth is majors. Gotcha. Okay. Nineteenth, twentieth, yeah. and then GSSA is the week before. Yeah. There we go. Good stuff, man. All right. So let's ask you, let's get into these last four questions. Okay. So what needs to stop, start, or change in the industry? I think this is like a change and stop. I think coaches need to, coaches, owners, directors need to stop putting the win as this, this super important thing and focusing on developing and creating good human beings first and foremost you know these mm-hmm. kids aren't going to grow up to be professional cheerleaders at least the majority of them so it's it's mm-hmm. our duty as coaches owners directors to to make sure that these kids are are learning how to fall and fail and and learn and grow from their mistakes and like you said like we said in the beginning sometimes your best isn't going to be the best and we have to be okay with that and our kids have to be okay with that because that is life you're gonna get you're gonna get into life and yeah. sometimes you think you're gonna get this job and, and you don't get it you have to learn to bounce back you have to learn to pivot so we have a, a huge responsibility as coaches to set these athletes up to be these amazing human beings once they they leave our program and if we're only spending the time focusing on winning competitions, we are failing them and not preparing them to to go into that mm-hmm. to the real world because you're not gonna win all the time in the real world. You have to be yeah, okay man. with that. So spoken like a champion. Yeah, you know, it's it's real. We we spend a lot of time developing athletes and we we invest everything we have into them and to see some of the things that are going on in the industry right now is really heartbreaking because people like us who are in it for the right reasons it it just makes this like dim light on us and we just gotta there ain't no room for it you know 100 percent. all right so give me a narrative a myth or a rumor that you want to debunk right now i couldn't think of one luckily there's no besides cheer twitter there's, yeah there's no... <laughs> dude i feel you I'll do this for everyone. Okay, go ahead. Everyone would like you to clear the rumors of what divisions you're in this year. 
Okay, we'll start at the top. We have uh, International Open Code Non-Tumble Level 16. We have Fearless, who is extra small, all-girl. We have a mid-season Worlds team, extra small co-ed. We have an all-girl, small level, a junior five. So we, we had senior five last year. We have junior five this year. We have small junior four. We have small junior three. We have a 4.2, junior two, youth two, tiny one prep, junior one prep, tiny novice. I hope I'm not missing anybody. Put me on the spot. We have 14 <laughs> teams. I hope that was 14. If you guys are listening, I didn't say your, your division. I'm so sorry. That was not 14 teams. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> that was it, 14. Four, 4.2, junior three. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it. We'll call it that. I'm sorry. There you go. All right, man. Dude, 14. How many? So how many kids do you guys have now? A lot. We have about, I think we're sitting at a little over 200, 220. Okay, word. Oh, you guys just all, all small teams. Yeah, small. Yeah, we're about 300 kids right now. Mm-hmm. And we have t- we have 12 teams with 300 kids, but all of our teams are basically medium except for the, I think J2 is small. Oh, and Senior 4 is small. Everyone okay. else is medium. Yeah, Youth 1 is medium. Did I say Senior 4? I didn't say senior four. I coached that team. You did not say senior four. You did not. Senior four, yeah. Shoot, my bad. Yes, Scarlett <laughs> is out of the medium senior three division and is now senior four. Shout out, Scarlett. There you go. Love you, girls. There you go. Good stuff, man. Okay. So we'll see you guys. Cool. We'll see. Yeah, so then Scarlett and senior red. There you go. A little head to head. Good stuff, man. Let's go. I love competing Get you guys. You guys are so hey. good. Yeah, hey. We try our best, and we're just going to go out there, do some ch- clean cheerleading. You know what I mean? So Hey, that's what works. All right. Uh, give me this. Who else do we need to have on the show? Give me another guest that we should have on the show. I think everyone would love to hear from my wife, Nicolette Little. And then I would like some more East Coast coaches on the team or, like, Midwest coaches. I feel like it's a lot of West Coast dominant coaches. I feel like we need to – Get some amazing, more amazing East Coach coaches, owners, directors on board just so we can hear the perspective on, you know, different environments, different coaching styles and things like that. It just it just makes it fun. No, I feel you. No, you're absolutely right. One, shout out to Nikki. Nikki actually has been requested to be on the show. So for those of you who clicked in thinking Nikki was going to make a cameo, sorry. Oh, I have a rumor. Actually, yeah. This rumor just popped in my head, literally just now. There's a real rumor. The other one, I was just kind of joking. There's a real rumor I heard. Oh, no. Here we go. Okay. You have a couple of kids. Slater, Cruz, right? Slater starts with an S. Cruz starts with a C. Does that? Yep. That is, uh, <laughs> that's true. So when we moved back, we set up our business under an LLC SC cheer. And then that standard for... Slater, Cruz, Cheer. And then we, once we broke ties with PCM, we stuck with the LLC name and went SE Cheer, which is now South Coast Cheer, not <laughs> Slater, Cruz, Cheer. It's South Coast Cheer. And we just, we just stuck with, stuck with it. So yes, that is, that's a good one. That rumor is true. You heard it here first, people. Let's go. Y'all heard it. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. Yeah, man. That was cool. That was actually, yeah, they just popped into my head. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, I buy it, you know, whatever. Okay, but no, yeah, you mentioned um, the West Coast love 
you know, about the guests being, yeah, I just wanted to get my friends on, you know, and just like, hey, you know, the people that I see every day, like, let's talk to the homies. But there are a lot of East Coast coaches out there. So um, I don't even know on the East Coast. Shay should be making an appearance one of these days. So Shay. Let's go. Let's get you on. Ooh, Casey Baloo. We can have Casey on from ECE. Love Casey. Shout out Casey. But yeah, we'll reach out to some more people on the East Coast and get some some East Coast love in here. That'd be great. All right, man. Here we go. Final question. Where can people, either you, the gym, Nikki, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any handles that you want to, you know, people who want to follow your journey, how can they do that? Yeah, you don't need to follow mine per se. My Instagram is pretty boring, but you can follow the gym at at South Coast Cheer. We have a TikTok too, at South Coast Cheer. And we don't really use Twitter. We started using Twitter and then the Twitter thing got kind of chaotic. So the South Coast Cheer Twitter is kind of dormant at the moment. But yeah, I I tend to post a lot of fearless things on Twitter just to kind of keep us out there. So people aren't hating on us all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just showing what we do is like for real. Yeah. Yeah. Just at South Coast Cheer. You can find us. On, on all the, the social media sites. There you go. Good stuff, man. Jordan, you're welcome back anytime, homie. Jordan, thanks again for coming on the show and best of luck this season. I will see you on the mat. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Take the survey. Make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight, we're out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And we'll see you guys next week. Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coaches clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins.